0: Do you worry that when you can't have or when you no longer have alcohol in your glass that you also won't be able to experience happiness in life? Well then stay tuned to today's episode because I am going to share with you how to turn that belief right on its head. Welcome to Exit the Drinking Life Podcast. I'm thrilled that you're here. I'm your host, Debbie Tauber, creator of the exit methodology, advocate for living your best and most intentional life, and alcohol freedom coach. This podcast is for you if you have big dreams and aspirations, but you begin to notice that just maybe your current drinking patterns are getting in the way. Inside the podcast, we'll dive into a modern day approach that can help you move away from shame and blame when it comes to what you're drinking and finally take the driver's seat of your life again. It's time to exit the drinking life. Hey my friends, welcome back to the podcast. Right now, as I'm recording this, it's pouring rain outside my office window and I am loving it. There are beautiful white clouds, fluffy clouds, along with sunshine and rain. It's kind of a rainy situation you want to run out and play in. And for me, it brings up my recent memory of playing with my grandkids in the rain at the park. One of the times when they were here during their eight day stay, We went to the park, and while we were there, the sun was shining, and it was raining, and we were out there in it, loving the whole thing. The temperature was cooler, the rain was soft on our skin, and the water on the slides actually increased how fast we were able to go down the slides, right? And it's really what I kind of think of as like a liquid sunshine kind of day. It's the kind of day that brings a big smile to my face anyway, which may not have been what you expected me to say about a rainy day, right? This, my friends, is an awesome example of what I want to talk about today. This idea that nothing outside of us actually creates feelings inside of us that in reality. We create our feelings and the experience of our lives with our thoughts about it. Now, for me personally, if it had been thundering and lightning while the rain was pouring, I'd be thinking it was scary and closing up the curtains to help myself feel more safe and secure. But since it was sunny and free from the thunder and the lightning, Uh, My thoughts were that this is amazing and beautiful. And it also brought up that beautiful, delicious memory of me and my grandkids out there playing in the rain, right? And either way, it's rain. But my feelings about a rainy day are different because of the thoughts I'm thinking and what I'm choosing to think about it, my perception of it. And I want you to know that the same is true for changing what it is that we drink. Let's take, for example, that you have a night of drinking and you have thoughts about that night. Maybe it's, I've never had so many. And maybe it's, look at me, I'm doing so well. Whatever your thought is will determine how you feel about the event. Now, recently, I have had two clients where they've each had what I call data points. And what this means is that they have consumed alcohol while experimenting with trying out life, choosing something other than alcohol to drink for 30 days, right? Yet during that time period, the 30-day time period that they have each set for themselves, they have what I call a data point, right? So which that means that they consume some alcohol beverages, right? And so each of them, had totally different feelings about these data points. One felt disappointed and one felt extremely excited. Now, my hunch is you are probably wondering, how is this possible? Well, they each experienced a data point. Yes, that's the circumstance that happened. But because one experienced a data point and thought, I worked so hard, I should not have given in to my urge. And the other thought, yay, I'm aware of what to do next time I have an urge, right? It makes perfect sense. One is experiencing the emotion and the feeling of disappointment. And the other one is experiencing the emotion of excitement and the feeling of excitement. And this is really contrary to what most of us are taught and therefore believe, right? This is not what we're taught. We are collectively, we, we collectively agree kind of like that there are things in the world that ought to create certain feelings, right? Most of us would agree that a brand new baby is a miracle and that that creates happiness and we think that someone dying creates sadness. And then we also might think that winning a trip someplace that we wanted to go creates excitement and that losing a job creates disappointment. But just because we like socially or collectively agree as a society on something doesn't actually make it a fact. When my daughter was about five days old, I remember bawling my eyes out to my mom, expressing how totally exhausted and totally overwhelmed I was. I remember feeling nothing but frustration. I was not feeling a shred of happiness in that moment. And the reality is new babies on their own don't create our feeling of joy and happiness. It's when we look at our newborn and feel happy, it's because of what we're thinking. It's because of our thoughts that are making us feel that emotion of happy, right? And so this is very different from someone who might be experiencing postpartum depression, This isn't about that at all. And the postpartum depression part, it isn't something that you can think your way out of. That's where professional help is needed. And so this isn't really about that. This is really about the normal, non-postpartum depression's type of thoughts you're having about, oh, I wasn't expecting this. This is so overwhelming and so tiring. And where the happiness and the emotion of happiness and joy isn't going to really be coming from that, right? We also can think that someone dying is what makes us sad. But the reality is, it's our thoughts like, I can't believe I'll never hear from her again. Or I'll never get to hug them again. I'll never get to see them again. Or she was way too young. It's those thoughts that are actually creating our sadness, right? And so if someone who loves staying home like in my own example of my job right as flight attendant if you're someone who loves staying home you would never think that my previous job a flight attendant was an amazing job yet on the other hand if you're someone who would love to travel the world you would think my previous job as flight attendant would be the most amazing job in the world right two very different emotions coming from Each of the thoughts around the job of flight attendant, right? And so again, like if you're a homebody, you're never going to have thoughts about being a flight attendant that would bring you joy and happiness. Yet, if you're a person who wants to travel the world and loves adventure of traveling the world and staying someplace else every night and not being at home every night, you're going to be filled with thoughts about being a flight attendant that would bring you joy and happiness. Right? Same job, very different feelings coming from the thoughts. And the same thing happens to us around alcohol. We think that alcohol is helping us avoid feelings that we don't want to feel. Our feelings come from our thoughts, not our circumstances. Are the ripple effects of your current relationship with alcohol taking more from your life than you'd like? What's your plan for getting the support you need to stop the negative impact? And more importantly, is the plan based around a modern day approach to behavior changes? My programs are based upon current research instead of concepts created in 1935. As your intentional living and alcohol freedom coach, I offer you modern day tools to help you transform your relationship with alcohol without labels, judgment, or making a forever decision. In my programs, you decide where, when, and how much alcohol fits into the life you want to live. Private coaching allows you the space and freedom to be your unique self while taking ownership of your choices. Ready to start the conversation around private coaching? Head over to jumpseatcoaching.com forward slash breakthrough. That's jumpseekcoaching.com forward slash breakthrough, all as one word, breakthrough as one word, no spaces. So I'm really asking you to ignite your curiosity and really open up to this concept here that I'm teaching, right? And that I'm sharing with you. And then we think that when we get our drinking under control, right? that we will feel peace, confident, and happy. That when we're living life where alcohol has become small and and irrelevant for us, that we will be happy, that everything will be solved and there will be nothing to deal with. And so it's almost as if we think that we won't have this issue with self-confidence, we won't have this issue with worry about what other people are thinking anymore, we won't doubt ourselves and we won't feel anxious. And what I want you to know that it's not what's in your glass that's creating our feelings. It's what we are choosing to think about it. Everything we do is for a feeling that we want to have or a feeling that we want to avoid. And for a lot of us, alcohol is a big part of that. We think that what's in our glass is what's creating feelings for us. We look to alcohol to do the job Of fixing sadness or creating joy or even relieving our stress or rewarding our hard work. And what actually happens based on the brain's psychological response, right? We do feel a little bit of a lift. We get this dopamine hit reward, right? Which tricks us into thinking the sadness was fixed or that the stress was temporarily relieved. But we all know And we've all experienced that when the dopamine mist clears and the hangover's over, the stress and the sadness are still there. They're not gone. They're not fixed. They're just postponed until later. Just really like muffled kind of for a minute. So what I want you to do is kind of unpack one of those jobs that we often assign to alcohol. That job of rewarding us for hard work or getting us through a full day of doing well, right? I really want you to really unpack that. Because I hear that, I hear my clients all the time, they wonder, how will I reward myself without this such and such beverage, right? Whatever their alcoholic beverage is of choice, they really wonder and worry about how they're gonna reward themselves without that. And I get it. Because I used to feel the same way too. After a long day of flying, I would reward myself with either wine or a Coke Zero and rum, totally tricking my brain into feeling like this was relief and a reward for a hard day's work. But did it actually feel rewarding after the fact? Did my body feel rewarded? Uh, No, not so much right there's actually so much collateral damage with a reward like this it's kind of like the opposite of a reward and what it's doing instead is it's more punishment for our bodies what i've come to learn and discover as i've changed what it is that i drink as i've learned this concept that it's really my thoughts that are creating my feelings right That what's truly rewarding isn't just pleasurable in the moment, right? But it's contributing to our overall satisfaction and it moves us forward. Oftentimes, those things that we find truly rewarding aren't even necessarily all that pleasurable in the moment. Sometimes they're challenging, but ultimately they allow us to grow and evolve, which is in and of itself its own reward. I think of this, especially uh, when it comes to like babysitting my grandkids, for example, this totally fits in there, right? Because it's very challenging moments and very rewarding moments. And the whole experience itself is a rewarding, evolving experience for me because it's giving me these amazing opportunities to manage my mind and this amazing opportunity to have all these experiences with these beautiful little people in my life. And also for me, working out fits into this category, right? As well as going after a certification to help me become a better coach fits in there too. Managing my mind and choosing what I want most over what I want in the moment when it comes to things like food, my schedule, my money are also things that sometimes are hard in the moment but I'm so glad I do them at the end of the day. They are truly feel rewarding after the fact. So what I'm going to leave you with here are a couple of challenges to try out, right? So we've learned that it's not the things and the circumstance that are around us and that are outside of us that create happiness for us, right? So what I want you to try on, put on your detective hat around, right, and really examine, explore, and experiment with this theory, is to think about some of the things you believe create happiness, sadness, outrage, loneliness, joy, excitement, fear, any of those emotions for you. And I want you to take each one of them and see if you can come up with an example of someone here on earth who might believe the opposite is true, right? So really think about some of these things that give you those emotions and also think of, you probably find someone in your own life that would really think the exact opposite of you that that was true. And imagine how they feel, right? And and what this actually does is it gets you closer to your capital T, true thought. And into the realm of igniting curiosity and really opening up to some other optional thoughts that also might be true for some other people, right? And this is really what is going to help you unblock your exit from this cycle of drinking, over drinking, shame, and regret. It's really igniting your curiosity around this, opening yourself up to this concept and this, because it's actually trying it on for its truth, right? And then another question you can explore for yourself is when your relationship with alcohol is the way that you want it to be, what will you think of you? And how will you feel when you think that? Right? That's what will create the happy or whatever feeling it is looking that you're actually looking for for you, not what's in your glass. And lastly, I want you to really be honest with yourself. I want you to think about your definition of rewarding and then think about an alcoholic beverage you consider to be a reward for you right now. Is that beverage actually rewarding you? Most of us want to pretend that wine, that beer, that cocktail, that concoction in the glass filled with alcohol is rewarding us. But really, question this. Is it? Okay, my friends, that's it. That's what I have for you today. And I want to invite you to head over to iTunes and to follow the podcast, to rate it and review it. Especially if you're finding what I'm sharing with you here beneficial and helpful. Because this will also help others facing this same drinking cycle right facing themselves stuck in the same type of cycle that you're in and this is also going to help others find this podcast so that they too can experience relief i'll be back next week thank you so much for listening to exit the drinking life podcast i hope this episode has helped you move away from drinking shame and blame and instead into confidence and full belief that the life you desire is within your reach. You are not alone. I have been exactly where you are right now. If you have enjoyed this episode, please take a second to hit the follow button so you never miss a future episode. And leave a review to help me reach more listeners just like you looking to break away from the toxic cycle of drinking and discover a healthier approach that leads to a life full of abundance and happiness. If you want to take what you've learned here to the next level, head over to jumpseekcoaching.com for more resources and tools. See you back here on the next episode.